Hi, my name is Dylan Ratzlaff, and you are listening to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast with Cincinnati host Stephen Brittingham. Experience meaningful and in-depth interviews with Hollywood's most interesting people. Enjoy the show. Hi, Stephen. This is Emily Proctor calling you. Hi, Stephen. It's Melissa Anderson calling you. Mr. Brittingham, this is Bill Duke. How are you, sir? Stephen, this is Patrick Duffy. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. For more guest and show news, please visit HollywoodBeyond.net. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Hi, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Do you happen to have a question or a comment for me? Or perhaps you feel that you might make an interesting guest here on Hollywood and Beyond. Whatever your reason may be, please feel free to contact me anytime directly at the show's official email address. That would be hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. That is hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Actress and dancer Dylan Ratzlaff is joining me today to discuss her first leading role in the Lifetime television movie, An Amish Sin. Dylan portrays Rachel, an Amish teen who refuses to marry the man who abused her as a child, resulting in Rachel seeking a better understanding of her situation and herself. Did someone hurt you, Rachel? Someone you trusted? Uncle Edo's here! Inspired by true stories. God has given us rules. All that we need do is follow them. Why are we subject to your husbands as to the Lord? How old are you? Eight. That was the first time. I've always had a special place in my heart for you. He did that to me. Did you tempt him? What did you do? I can't. You for protection and you beat me. A Lifetime original movie. Rachel, be still! I will not be still. Ripped from the headlines. There's no one to protect me. I have to get out. Your husband is dead. Your wife as Christ is dead. Your church. If I hear that anyone touched my little sister, you won't know it hit you. This transgression cannot go unpunished. Only on Lifetime. Hi, friends and listeners. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Thank you for listening. I am your host, actor and writer Stephen Brittingham. So nice to have you listening today. Thanks again. As mentioned during the opening segment, my special guest today is the lead actress from the recently released Lifetime television movie, An Amish Sin. Dylan Ratzlaff is visiting the podcast to provide more insight into her character, Rachel, 
an Amish teenager not only dealing with a disturbing situation, but who also seeks to find healing from abuse and to ultimately find her place in this world. Dylan gave a solid performance. I found the performance very moving as well. Well, it is my pleasure to introduce her to the show. Dylan, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited. Well, it is my pleasure. It's so nice to finally be speaking with you. Uh, Let me just say up front, congratulations on such an outstanding performance. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, you are most welcome. I am so impressed. Um, I tell you what, before we dive into uh, the backstory of of your character and some memories from filming the movie, I thought I would begin by asking you about where you uh, grew up, but also about what I hear is a bell pepper farm. Is that where you're currently (laughs) residing? So, yeah, I grew up, um, it's kind of funny. So we have four families on the farm. I was really fortunate to like grow up with every single family member around me. So uh, it's a, I think it's a 97 um, acre bell pepper farm. And I lived there with my parents and then I had two sets of cousins and then a set of grandparents there. So those four families that lived there. And that was basically my upbringing until I was 20. And then I recently actually, just a year ago, moved into my own apartment. And so I definitely uh, visit frequently there. But now I'm kind of a little bit more independent. But yeah, you got that right. Uh, it's a bell pepper farm, which is, I don't know, it's not very common, I would say, <laughs> to have an upbringing there. That's so nice. Well, you're correct. Yeah. I have spoken with many folks who have, you know, grew up on a farm. Um, even in yeah. my first few years, I was uh, on a small farm, had horses oh, and a goat and some yeah. ducks, you know, things like that. But I've never really spoken with anybody that had a that size of a, a pepper farm. That's amazing <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's so funny because, like, I, I tell people I live on the farm. They're like, oh, like, that's cute. And, like, you must, like, it must be so little and quaint. And I'm like, it's actually, like, it's a big production. Like, we sell it to, like, people in the States and, like, save on foods. And so, like, yeah, like, that's, like, there's a lot of people with, like, jobs there. So, like, my dad works there as well as my uncle. So, like, provides a lot of jobs for the family. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a big production. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like, it sounds like a, a very cozy place, too, a fun place yes. to be at and, and be, oh, to totally. be surrounded by family. So, so that's just uh, so good to hear. Yes, yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. Before we uh, start discussing your acting, I would like to mm-hmm. ask you about your your dancing background because that's basically yeah, how all cool. of this began for you, your artistic journey. Could you share how that started? And I believe you are very skilled and talented in a wide variety of dancing. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so dance was like pretty much my first love. I um, as a child, like I, I just struggled with like a few behavioral issues. I would say um, I just had a lot of energy and was just a, a really big extrovert. So anytime I felt any sort of emotion, anyone who was around me definitely knew what I was feeling, kind of thing. And so my parents were like, you know, right now this is kind of like a bad thing with, with how I was reacting to the situation. They're like, we need to turn this into a good thing. And so they tried dance as an outlet for my emotions, and it immediately stuck. It really helped and 
my parents were thankful because by the time I was done at dance, I was just exhausted coming home and, and decided <laughs> to start acting accordingly. Um, and so that was really good for when I was younger. And then um, it kind of brewed into an actual passion um, when I was older. I think I started to get really serious at about 12 years old, um, which is pretty young to get serious about something, but I, I just knew I uh, wanted to do this. And so in grade seven, halfway through, I, I decided to actually switch to online school so I could put more hours into dance. And from there, I um, got to audition for like dancer roles on uh, productions. And that's kind of how that started with the acting. Um, but yeah, I've trained in all styles, um, jazz, lyrical, hip hop, tap, ballet. Uh, I've even done like circus work. I've done ballroom. Um, and it really was like important to me to be a well-rounded dancer. And so I would just put myself in uncomfortable situations all the time and, and go into a ballroom class and, and not know any of the steps and just trying to pick it up. And so that was kind of what I really tried to do in dance. And I think that's also been an asset for me in acting and um, just diving into new techniques and all that. And so, yeah, that's kind of where that started with dance. And I, I still am a dance teacher to this day. And so that's kind of like, I guess, uh, you could call my stable job because, you know, in the acting world, it's you never know when your next job's going to be. And so I actually teach anywhere from age three to age 18 um, weekly. And so just getting to stay involved in the dance world, which is super awesome. That is incredible. How exciting. You yeah. you get to uh, yeah. have a, well, I guess they call it a day job, but in, in reality, exactly. it means much more to you than just a day job. And you get to do something you're really good at. You get to instruct others while you're seeking out acting opportunities. Oh, totally. I feel so fortunate that like both kind of, of my jobs are like in the artistic field and that like I truly love what I do because I know sometimes actors really have to just kind of lug it through and work in a restaurant or something like that. And I just feel fortunate that I can still like stay involved in what I love. Well, I'm very happy for you that you have that oh, opportunity. Uh, I should tell you, I've actually seen some of your dancing um, oh. via videos on YouTube. I viewed them the oh. other day and what stood out to me was your passion for it. And mm. also I happened to notice that you are very good at twirling, just so you know. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I spent a lot of years practicing. Um, but yeah, it's so like the passion just goes back to when I was young. Like I was just always super spirited. And so I think like even when I'm teaching, I'm noticing that like I think it is, especially because of COVID where we covered our faces with masks. It's just like trying to bring that emotionality out of kids is so tough these days. And, and I was fortunate enough that that kind of was just always in my wheelhouse. I was just like able to access that pretty easily, which was nice. And I also heard that you have an interest in landscaping. Is that true? Like um, you like enjoy flowers or working out in the yard, you know, yard. Um, I believe oh, I heard, so, read something about that. Yes. Yeah, so during COVID, kind of when everything stopped, um, especially like both acting and the dancing, I, my dad um, offered us work as landscapers on the farm. And so that's what we kind of did for a couple months there. And so... I mean, I liked it at certain times, certain times I maybe didn't like picking the weeds, but, um, yeah. And, and I, also, I also just like joy, enjoy outdoors. Like hiking is a big thing for me, especially cause I live in British Columbia and there's like, oh my gosh, the landscape is so beautiful. Anywhere from like oceans to like mountains, like you get it all pretty much there. And so I do love, uh, just being outdoors here. Dylan, that sounds absolutely beautiful. Well, I yeah. have to tell you, I have a green thumb. I got it from my yeah. grandmother who raised me, 
And oh. I tell you what, uh, for me, it brings so much, like, it clears my thoughts. It, it uh, gets me re-centered. And it, I just love it on a beautiful day, watering plants. And then I get to see them grow from spring to fall, like some that oh, get extra big. And I don't know, I love that little journey of seeing them grow. And then I love it, like, next year when I will see some come back. It's like, oh, wow, there you are. I Sometimes I forget yes. where they are, too. Oh, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. <laughs> well, I, I'm so uh, uh, happy to hear that you uh, find some fun in the yard, just like me. I, I totally understand <laughs> it. And you're right. Sometimes yeah. extra weed pulling, not the most fun at times. But, well, let's dive into an Amish sin. Let's do it. Yes. This Lifetime movie that premiered just recently. Back on October 29th. <laughs> so we're not talking about something from earlier in the year you or last it, yeah. year. This is a new uh, movie. And I am so glad that I got to see it yesterday. I, I thought it was very well directed, well paced. And what I really enjoyed the most was the performances, especially yours. And um, I am so excited to speak with you about this. So how did this opportunity to be in the film first arrive? Yeah, so um, I just get, like, auditions from my agent, uh, I would say, like, weekly. Um, so it just came as a self-tape, which means I uh, got to film it in my own home, which was nice. Um, and so I just yeah, worked on the script uh, throughout the weekend and put it on tape. And I, I felt good about it, but, um, you know, you never know with auditions. And so I kind of, I think I waited just over a week and then heard I got a call back. And so I was pretty excited and and with COVID, those callbacks were on Zoom. So again, I did it in my own home. And I always like to tell a story because they were running late. And, you know, in an audition room, you just sit there and it's totally fine. But I had this whole setup where I had to be standing. And so I, like, had a chair on my table to, like, because I had to set up my computer. Whereas, like, I have my ring light, which holds my phone, but that doesn't work for Zoom. And so I needed my computer. And I was just standing there for, like, 30 minutes waiting. And I was like do I get a drink of water? But then I'm like, if I go out of frame and they, and they let me into the Zoom room, like, it's going to be so awkward. And so I, like, stood there for a bit and, like, obviously was, like, sweating and nervous, but eventually got into the Zoom room and, and felt pretty confident. I felt like I really connected with the director. And then within a couple of days, they said they wanted to um, kind of have another chat with me. And so I prepared the scenes again. And even before that Zoom call came, my agent called me and said, actually, we're going to cancel the Zoom because you booked the role. And so it was pretty crazy. I booked the role without meeting any of the cast members, um, only meeting the director over Zoom. And so it was kind of surreal. I felt like I hadn't jumped through enough hoops to get the role yet, but um, I was lucky that it was a short process. They made the right choice. I have to tell you that based on yeah. the results. <laughs> oh, uh, but you're right. Uh, <laughs> if you, you left the room at that moment with the uh, Zoom audition, yeah. that's probably when they're going to show up and be like, well, where is she? Exactly. <laughs> I know. I just like, I couldn't, I couldn't leave it. So I just like, I just stood there and waited. <laughs> now, Dylan, what is very interesting about this is that this film is actually based on a true story. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. It's more, uh, I would say like true events. So like some of, some of the things are uh, a little bit uh, of our imagination, but most of it is based off of, yeah, a true story. And did you have any communication with the actual person, perhaps, that this was centered around or inspired yes. by? Yeah, so I actually uh, got to email with her, which was so amazing because, obviously, uh, this is, like, 
talking about this for her is like opening up a can of worms. Like I could imagine how hard it was for her to share. Um, but she was truly an open book, which I was so grateful about. She let me pretty much ask every question I wanted to ask, um, which was super helpful because I only had about, uh, I think a week to prepare for this, um, which is a pretty good substantial amount of time, but there was just a lot of like hard subjects to kind of cover. And so she was just super helpful with that. Um, and then actually when we went to the premiere, um, I got to meet her in person, which was, I, I actually just started bawling my eyes out, just like knowing what she did for me and like what she's gone through. And so that was really special. And then I got to connect with her in person, which I was really grateful for. What a wonderful moment that must have been. Very emotional, yeah. as you are describing. Yeah. Um, wow. That I'm so glad you got to actually meet her. That just makes it even more I know, profound. me too. Me too, yeah. Well, uh, uh, continuing on the theme of preparation, so obviously she's going to give yeah. you just enormous um, uh, insight into... Um, how she felt and, and how it, this might uh, assist you in preparing for your character. However, I assume she also maybe shared with you the Amish way of life because uh, isn't mm-hmm. I'm sure that was important to you to go, oh, I am representing an actual community here and I really want to represent totally. this the proper way. Was that something that was um, in your mind at the time as you prepared? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I was telling people like learning uh, this kind of community was like learning a new language. Like you totally have to reorient the way you live. Um, And so like it was, there were certain customs like the foot washing, but it was also just the way that the women have to act within the society. And that was a big thing for me. Um, We always kind of hear that like the men are like have the true power in the community, but talking with her, it was like, the women aren't allowed to cry in front of men. Like you were there to serve. You were there. Like once you come of age to have babies and to provide a family and just work basically for your husband. And, and that was a big realization for me. Cause like, we kind of hear that and we kind of dismiss it. You're like, Oh, you know, times have changed. Like everyone knows like the need to move and all that. Like I'm sure they've changed as well. And it's like, no, they're, they're just the same. Like men have total power and autonomy basically. And, uh, that was a big realization. So, I worked uh, through that with her, but again, those Amish customs, like some things like, oh, when you leave uh, the community, you're supposed to be wearing the black bonnet and stuff like that. Those little details that, you know, we have no idea about. So if we ever had a question, she was kind of like on our, she was on call and we would just ask something. Um, If our our strings had to be tied on our cap or whatever it needed to be. um, Yeah, she was just there and ready to answer our questions. Well, during the opening segment, I gave a description of the overall plot and theme of the movie. However, I would like to take this opportunity to have you describe your character. If someone came up to you and said, could you describe your character to me? I've not seen this film yet. How would you best uh, describe your character? Yeah, Rachel is someone who is full of courage and does not know it. I think that's the biggest thing about mm. her. It's like she has all these ambitions and and dreams and hopes, and it's all in her, and she has the strength to do it, but she doesn't know it yet because of her society. And so the first part of the movie takes us through her just kind of doing everything through custom. So she gets baptized, and she does everything to basically please her parents. And so she has no sense of self and it's just all living by orders and customs and rules. And throughout the movie, we slowly start to see her realize that 
those things are truly holding her back. And everything that's happened to her, good or bad, actually has propelled her towards finding herself. And so whether that be that there is her sexual abuse or her parents kind of shoving rules down her throat or, or whatever that is, it, it all seems super bad and it totally is awful that that's ever happened. But it does propel her to find courage. And so she goes through these series of events where she goes into the outside world and is completely scared and does not know what to do. And yet she finds the strength within herself. And we kind of have the symbolism of water and she truly is like washed clean. It's like she gets the second baptism throughout the second part of the film. And so that's kind of Rachel's journey throughout this film. That was an excellent description. Thank you, Dylan. I really enjoyed <laughs> listening yes. to your answer there. Thank you so much. And, you know, I would just yes, like yes, to add you. and back up everything you said, because to for me, and I'm sure many others, it wasn't just about Rachel leaving the Amish community, even under those circumstances, and then suddenly she's yeah. out there in, in a diff- whole different type of world, in the big city, and so on and so forth. It was about totally. finding a, a, a way to her, her heart, who she really was as a, as a young woman. And, and I, to me, that's one of the things I really enjoyed about the film. Yeah, and and it's so funny because there's little hints of it throughout the movie that you can see. And and something that I always ask um, the people is, do you know the significance of the doll? So the doll is shown at the very first opening scene, and then it's also shown in the last scene. And in the very first scene, the doll has no face. It's just a plain doll with nothing on the face. And at the end, Bevan has drawn this face for me. And it's that to me is like, okay, that's the, that's the movie right there, is the doll the doll gets a face. And so there's little hints of that throughout the movie that we kind of tried to plant. And, and it just shows the theme throughout. And it's like something when you watch it first, you probably don't even recognize it. And if you watch it again, you start to see those little things that we show that, yes, it's about leaving this terrible situation, but it is truly about finding herself. Well, next time I view the film, I will definitely uh, be on the lookout for that. I mean, I did notice yeah, the doll, yeah. but, you know, for some reason, that was something that got, got by me. And perhaps I was taking notes yeah. at that moment, and uh, maybe it just kind of slipped by me. But, yeah, I will look for that. Thank you for sharing that. That's very yeah. significant to yeah. the story. Dylan, something that yeah. uh, I was impressed with, there's actually quite a list, but one of the things is in the first <laughs> part of the film— your character, Rachel, was not speaking very much at all. Yet, for no. me, you were saying so much through your eyes. Yeah, that was a big thing that we worked on. Um, you're totally right. Is that like, there? I mean, the only speech that really happens is kind of with my parents and in a private setting, which is so funny. You're just like, in the public, you don't really get to talk much. And yes then you kind of can talk with your parents at a private setting. It's just, it's so interesting to me, but yeah, everything had to be uh, shown through body language. And, and that's why the director said, you know, I kind of partly hired you because you're a dancer. Right. And so that's when that dancing really helped me. It was like through body language and through my eyes. Um, I had to tell a story through no words, which is really tough. Right. Because there's not, a lot of things because they're so submissive, like it's all for me, it was like all in the shoulders. And like, I, I felt like I almost had like this weight on me and what that would feel like even walking, but there's not a lot of range and, and you can't show crazy emotions. So my body's not everywhere. So it was like very minute little differences within my body and my eyes to tell the story. No doubt about it. 
and it was yeah. so expressive and it made me want to learn more about your character because I knew there was a lot going on there. Mm. I wanted to know like, what is Rachel really thinking? I had a pretty mm. good idea, but I also felt like maybe there was yeah. even more that I wasn't aware of. So uh, very well done. And you know, Thank with you. the exception of the abuse that happened to her at such a young age and how yeah. horrifying and devastating that was for her, uh, you know, no question about that. But as the years yeah. fast forward to, to you portraying the character, overall, would yeah. you say Rachel seemed content and even somewhat happy uh, with her, you know, daily life? And, and it seems like she really loved her sister and her family. And um, I really think that her demeanor changed when the uh, culprit showed up later and all of it just kind of came back to her. And then we have this new situation that's just uh, so upsetting, this horrible scenario. That's when an, I think the seeds really were going inside her mind of like, you know what, you know, uh, she was disappointed that the lack of support yeah. from her, her father and mother. So, but before all that, do you, do you think Rachel was moderately happy at least? Yeah, you you hit it right on. Um, well, thank you. Especially with her sister, right? That's a that's a big thing. Yes. Is like the reason why she didn't want to leave is mainly because of her sister, right? Like yes. she she just loves Bevan so so much, and and although her parents like they never look like they truly love her in a sense, she know that she knows that they they love her, and and she always wants to please them. Like there is that feeling of like. I don't know, like we all have it with our parents. Like you want to make your parents proud in a sense. And so she has that uh, feeling within her. And um, we kind of said like, although there's a lot of bad things we show up with the Amish community, there, there is something beautiful about the sense of community and, and knowing we all have a role in a sense. Um, so that was something we really tried to get across. And so, yeah, she, there was some like peacefulness within the community and love within her family. So the main thing uh, was, a little bit of uh, kind of uh, never being allowed to be herself and uh, having Edo in her life. Those were kind of like the two things that made her leave in a sense. And as it went along, she started to realize that, you know what, I'm also an individual. And if people exactly. aren't going to protect me in the ways that I assumed that they should or would want to, you know, then you kind of just start, you see the situation differently. You had some moments where I could see Rachel was just, seeing her life a little bit differently. Uh, no doubt due to the situation, oh, totally. of course. But um, yeah, you did yeah. so well with all of that. Now, the lady that portrayed your mother, a very accomplished yeah. actress, Kelly Martin. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what was it like uh, working with her on the film? Oh, it was incredible. It's so funny because like, obviously I, I mentioned er earlier that I didn't get to meet any of the people before I booked, it, booked this. And so the call, she comes out and I start Googling who everyone <laughs> is. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I'm like, Dylan, you got to bring your a game. Okay. Um, but she was just super lovely. Uh, she messaged me, um, before we started and she said, you know, this is heavy content. So she's like, I'm a mama. I know how to help. And so if you need anyone to talk to like, I'm here. So, just to, for her to like kind of lend her hand, which like you said, she's an accomplished actor. She can kind of just go and do her work and, and leave. Right. But she, she took the extra time to message me and make sure that uh, I knew that she was there if I ever needed her. And so that was, it was really awesome. Um, and so it's, it's nice to see when actors like don't have an ego in a sense, because you kind of, I don't know if you expect it when they're really big, but 
they definitely have a lot of um, accolades. You're like, okay, they, they know what they're doing kind of thing. Like they don't need my help in a sense. And, and she came in with no ego. She was ready to learn, ready to work. And it was just super refreshing. Well, she did a spectacular job as well. And and you're right. Everything you said, I completely uh, uh, agree with you on that. Had you ever seen yeah. her on the television show? Yes, a few years ago. But it's one that uh, really uh, stood out uh, for several years. Uh, Life Goes On. Had you ever seen an episode of that before working with her? So I hadn't seen it before, but then I decided to, when I switched up, I watched a few videos. And then what was cool is that the director of this film directed Life Goes On, some episodes. Wow, what a connection there. Yeah, yeah, he had a good relationship with Kelly. um, And that's kind of how, so they often love to talk about what happened on set. And so I felt like I was like behind the scenes of the Life Goes On set, in a sense, because I kind of got to hear all the backstories a little bit. Well, before I ask you about another cast member, I'd like to take this moment. It seems the perfect time. What was your experience uh, like working with the director? Oh my goodness. I, I tell everyone I got the golden ticket with him because he was so amazing with me. Would this be my first lead role? Um, it wasn't like, okay, Dylan, you know, you need to know what you're doing. You're the lead role. He was like, okay, I know this is your first lead role. Let's walk you through this. What am I going to expect of you? What do you need to have prepared? And he walked me through the whole process, which I was so grateful for because I felt like a little bit of a fish out of water. I had worked on set, but, you know, being the lead role, I was in every scene but two. Um, It's a big responsibility to take on it. And it was something that I hadn't ever experienced before. And so, he, he met with me. He gave me the script. He gave me all of his Amish resources. He's like, this is everything I've researched. Um, and if I ever went to him and said, hey, can you justify this line for me? He would have something right away and would like talk me through it. And then if he was like, hmm, I'm not sure. And I'm like, well, what if the character says this? And we would talk about it. And so he was super collaborative and like willing. He, he went into the table reading. He said, as far as my c- concern is, it's the best idea wins. He's like, maybe it's my idea, maybe it's your idea, but the best idea wins. So again, no ego. He just was ready to make a an amazing film that would inspire many people. And so that was super awesome. And yeah, I just I can't say enough about him. He was he was the best uh, director to work with on my first sleep role. That is just that is awesome. To, to, to steal a phrase from yeah. you, that is awesome because that makes right? such a big difference to be on a set with that kind of director. And, uh, you know, totally. the results really speak for themselves. Like I said, Dylan, the pacing is very nice, but it's not overly rushed mm. either. And I think that's a little bit uh, tricky to, to get that just right. Oh, totally. And it's so funny because he would, uh, we would have like scenes already and then he would listen to it once he's like, you're basically saying the same thing twice and he would scratch out lines. And then he was always like constantly altering the scene to find that perfect pace. And then even in production, he kept cutting lines. And, and so I think the original cut was like two hours and it was, he got down to like an hour and 27. So he's like, people will get bored. Like you just need to keep kind of moving along and, and get the main points across. And so that was super important to him was the pace of the, uh, of the whole movie. Well, for someone who, who, who was experiencing her first major leading role, 
in a television project or film project. I mean, it seemed like you had already done it several times beforehand. So I'm very excited to see what's down the road for you. Uh, Well, Dylan, if you can help me out with this, I I can say this lady's last name properly, Bernard. But the lady who portrayed Grace, the lady in the city that assists your character. uh, First of all, how do you say her first name properly? Uh, it's Rukia. You know, now that you said it, I should have realized that. But I it's, often it's don't say it right. Sometimes we just you know, we often like overanalyze it, and then we start saying the wrong things because like we want to get it right. Yeah. So I totally understand. Oh, yeah. well, thank you, thank you. It's funny how my mind plays tricks with me on that. And you're right. Totally. Sometimes it's like, no, it's it's not that. It's going to be a little. It's going to have yeah. a little twist <laughs> to it that you're not expecting. But now you are correct. I can see it. Well, yeah. um, first of all, yeah. you two worked so well together. I felt she was perfectly <laughs> casted for her type of uh, character oh and role. And I really enjoyed the friendship and the bond between the two of you. Mm. And I liked how she got more invested with Rachel. You know, at first she's like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah you can, here's your room and make yourself comfortable. But then it was like, yeah. hey, I'm here for you and let's get you some new clothes and let's, uh, you know, maybe even get you a job helping yeah. me. And and she was also keeping an eye on you. Uh, what was it like working with her? Totally. Oh, Rukia was the best. She honestly, so what happened was during our three weeks of filming, the two weeks were filmed in Amish World and then we had about four days in Grace World. And so... I had been in the Amish world for like a good time now. And then we went to Grace's place and she just shifted that energy. You could just feel this like excitement on the set in a sense, because, you know, the film gets much more lively there. And and she really brought it that energy, which was so awesome. And I definitely felt that shift. Um, And immediately when I saw her, she was like introducing herself and, and there was this scene that we were just, we both kind of didn't feel right about it. We weren't sure like where it was going. And, and she's like, Hey, can I talk to you about this? And I think we should suggest this. And, and she's like, what do you think should go there? And immediately she just started to collaborate with me, which was, was super awesome. And, and I felt connected to her immediately, which was really cool. Um, and as much as she was like, maybe not disinterested might not be the right word, but not as um, involved, I guess, in the first part, I felt that. So then I was more reserved. And as soon as she started to give me more, it it was making my character a little scared because I didn't know if I should trust her. But then she just kept pressing on and I was like, oh, she's going to stay. And so having her kind of portray that really helped me in my scenes as well. So I just kept feeding off of her um, through every scene. I was really worried, Dylan, that Rachel was going to run out of the uh, the home uh, because you yeah. like like you just said is like you know you know she's really just so uncomfortable and then oh you described it so so well, Dylan. I mean that makes me just see those moments even more clearly. But yeah, because yeah. you were kind of like you know, am I inconvenience her? And that probably goes back to her yeah. Amish background. Like she was worried about being disrespectful. Totally. You know, I can do the cooking yeah. and uh, all of that yeah. stuff and but yeah wow and what a nice moment when you actually put on a different type of outfit <laughs> like I, be- I believe it was jeans yes. right yes you got it and that was super interesting so yeah. um when i watched the film with who this story was kind of based off of she said out of all the movie out of all the sexual abuse and and kind of mental abuse she said the hardest thing to watch is when rachel took her cap off and i was like really 
And she's like, that is something that I thought would never leave me. Like that was the biggest thing that kind of held me to home. And that was like the final, like kind of mm. thread being broken in a sense. Like that was like, you're no longer attached to this Amish community. And then it also, she's like, if I took that off, I honestly thought I would be struck down by God. So she fully believed that like, if she took this off, like she was going to drop dead. And it's that, it just was like, wow, they really brainwashed them. It, it was like a really interesting realization for me. And so it's so funny when you watch that, you're like, oh, of course, it must have been so difficult to watch with Uncle Ido sexually abusing her. But for her to say, no, the hardest part to watch was um, taking off the cap. It was like, that is just, it's so interesting because we just have no idea, like, really what truly affects them in a sense. That was a, a very emotional moment, just like you described, yeah. uh, taking that off and, yeah. and, and breaking away from that connection, you know, making a statement, if nothing exactly. else, yet also realizing, wow, that was my home. I, I do miss yeah. and love my sister and family, despite the scenario. Yeah, th- I mean, that would be a very emotional moment. And and, and that was yeah. done very well. Uh, another moment that I really personally enjoyed, I'd like to bring up, it's a humorous yeah. moment. Because I am a big time <laughs> coffee drinker. I, I love, okay. I'm like a dark roast guy. I love really strong but fresh yeah. coffee. And that moment where Rachel sat down and I think she had like some sort of those fancy coffee machines. And when you, when she drank it, and yeah. like, this is the most delicious thing I have ever had. I just, I love that moment. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because it was such a little thing we were filming it, but most of people, Multiple people have said that that's their favorite moment. They love it. It's just, it's I guess good. it's a, like a human moment. It is. That you're just like, you're just like, okay, like, this is a thing. Like, she knows nothing. Okay, we need to deal with this. Um, and it was just like, yeah, a, a cool moment for Rachel. And you know what I liked about it was the script, because sure, I was kind of expecting your eyes to get kind of big and go, oh, okay, like have a, a reaction, right? I think it's what your character yeah. says that, makes it so endearing is because I just did not expect her to say this was the most delicious thing ever. I mean, that it was great. And then if you love coffee and you're watching it, you totally get it. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I know I'm a coffee drinker myself. And so I could definitely relate to it. I, I have about two to three cups a day. So <laughs> same here. And I, I read that you have a yeah. coffee bar at, at home. Is that true? I, yes. Oh, I do have wow. a coffee bar. I have the whole setup. I know. Well, can you give me a brief I, description? Yeah. Like, like, is it uh, a big fancy machine? Uh, do you like to ground your coffee, or like, like, how's your whole thing with coffee? Yeah, so I have my own coffee grinder, and so I'll grind the coffee beans, and then I have one that like kind of does a shot. So if I ever want an americano, I just uh, boil some hot water. But then <laughs> I also have like a foamer, so I can foam any kind of milk I want, wow. and then I have syrup. And then I also have, uh, I have my tea there too, in case I want to make a tea latte. And then I have a shelf above with all of my mugs and they're, they're not matching mugs. Like I have all different ones. And for example, my mom always gives us a December 1st gift and always kind of includes uh, a mug. And so, uh, every year I kind of get like this different saying basically. And so all of the, the mugs are kind of on the shelf above and I pretty much have free reign of what coffee I want to make each day. Wow. That sounds absolutely wonderful to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a person no, that just appreciates good cups of coffee. So, uh, well, keep I, enjoying I that in your new you. place. <laughs> you know, uh, Dylan, I would like to backtrack briefly because it ties into what yeah, you were sure. saying about, um, you know, finding who you really are. Uh, 
this journey that yeah. Rachel was on. Uh, you mentioned the doll and how significant it was. I wanted to yeah. bring up, though, a very a touching moment. In fact, this would rank as one of my favorite moments in the film. Okay. And that would be... I'm curious. Though. Well, here we go. Uh, let's see what you think about this. It was actually the your character's mother's, like... Um, little box chest that she had and when you and i believe your sister opened it up the items that was in it and how it said that she too was actually very much like rachel at one time because throughout the film she's pretty much you know she's going by the book i mean uh, she obviously loves Rachel, but she's going by the book. She's that's she's totally invested, and yet here's this other yeah. side. And it, to me, especially the moments with her at the end, it seems like she's saying, "You know, we are much more alike than maybe we both realized." Oh yeah, I think um, it's so funny because I think this movie it could have easily been replaced by um, her mom. Like she, her mom. Most likely, um, it's not like uh, mentioned in the movie, but most likely she was probably abused as well when she was younger. It was kind of a, it's a reoccurring thing within this uh, community. And so she went through the same story as Rachel. Like they're so alike and they have no idea. And so basically the only difference would be between the two of them is that uh, Kelly Martin, her character decides to uh, submit and give into the Amish way and completely give up her life. And so Rachel looks at her and it's just like, I can't do that. And so that's where they kind of find the, the difference within each other. But the whole story could have played out as Sarah's story in a sense. I really, really love that moment. Oh, well, uh, I don't know if this is a major question, but I'm just curious. Uh, I assume that was yeah. the first time you ever put on an Amish outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. It was. And what was that time. like? And you know what's so funny? <laughs> oh my goodness. I, it was, I, I kind of chuckled a little bit because I was just like, I, this is not something I would ever like wear myself. Um, and I, I was like, okay, this is what I'm living in for the next couple of weeks. I, I got to get used to this. And so it's funny because I'm actually sitting across, I'm looking at my cap right now because production let me keep my, uh, kind of my bonnet, my cap. Uh, I felt like, you know, it was truly a part of me now. And so I have a, I have it on my shelf, but um, it was, yeah, it was interesting. I, I had my sister's wedding in the middle of all that filming and it was like going from Amish to no makeup to like the next day being her like maid of honor with makeup and curly hair. And it was just like, you might get your worlds mixed like, up oh if you're not careful. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is such a weird little switch of worlds right now. Well, Dylan, I'd love to ask you when you look back, right? When you look back after you saw the film, little time has gone by. Yeah. Was there anything about portraying Rachel that you were surprised about as an actress and did you learn anything from her personally? Mm. Yeah, I think, um, I think the biggest thing was that like doing that film, like made me realize that I could like take on a role like this and be able uh, to do something because, you know, I'm from a small town and I started as a dancer and only been acting a couple of years. And so I never f- fully felt like this was like in my wheelhouse in a sense. And so I would say like with Rachel finding the courage, like I actually started to find the courage within myself to take on a role like this. And so in a lot of ways we're very different, but in a lot of ways we're similar. And I feel like everyone can, can kind of connect to that. Cause I, I truly believe everyone has that courage in them. It's just like whether or not they access it. Uh, and so being able to see, just 
how brave Rachel was. Like sometimes we actually discount how hard it would be for her to leave that situation. Like, you know, Oh, she'll find herself in the real world. Like it's all good. But like the Amish people, they only have an up to an eighth grade education. So they have no education to get a job. They have no money. They have like no like ideas. We kind of show it. And so it was truly a risk for her to leave. And, and I kind of saw that after and watching the film and, and I realized, well, you know, it was a big step for me to take on this role. And, and I, I was really proud of how I handled it, I would say. Um, and it just made me realize that, you know, this is something I could really do uh, for my life, <laughs> I guess. You sure can. So it was can. a nice realization. Trust me on oh, that. You <laughs> sure can. I could see you portraying a wide variety of roles and characters. Oh, um, I mean, you yeah. have very appealing screen presence and, and I just, uh, I was just so impressed and I really, I love watching good acting. I mean, it's just something I enjoy oh. and, uh, um, that's just how I'm, I'm, uh, wired so to speak. And, and it was just such a pleasure to, mm. uh, watch your performance and go on such an emotional journey. And I also found it full of hope and I always, uh, uh, gravitate towards those type of, uh, films, so to speak. Oh. Well, thank you. Yeah, I feel like in this acting world that you put so many um, videos of good acting on tape that just always turn into no's, um, basically. You never sometimes get that, oh, that was actually a really good take. You're just not right for the role. Like, we never hear that, really. (laughs) And so sometimes it's easily to get, like, it's easy to get discouraged. You're like, okay, maybe I'm not that great. But it's just like most of the time you're just not right for the role. And so for people to start um, saying things, like, it's just like, I'd never know how to act. And I was like, thank you. And I feel like I could say something nice back, but it's, I don't know. It's nice to hear, I guess, uh, because it's very far and few between when you don't actually land the role that you get to hear like things like about your acting in a sense. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, I've enjoyed learning so much about Rachel and more about your life and more about this, uh, uh, this movie on Lifetime. But I'd like to take this moment before we conclude and ask, um, is there anything about the upcoming new year that's already like on your uh, uh, wish list, so to speak? Or maybe I should say, maybe a better way is to say goals. Is there any goals? Yeah. Or is it too soon for me to ask that? Uh, no, I think I'm uh, I'm a big uh, believer in goals. I think we should always kind of have one goal at a time um, that we're striving towards. Uh I think the next big thing is that, like I said, realizing I can do a role of the size, I would love to get on like a TV series. I think that's kind of the next goal is to be a a season's regular. I have been on one um, in a family channel show, but that was when I was a really new actor and they hired me kind of as a dancer. And so I would really love to be hired as a series regular um, as an actor and not a dancer. That would be a big switch for me. And so that's something I'm definitely striving towards. And I think that is a goal that can be achieved. I really do. I won't be the least bit surprised if that is in the cards for you. Well, uh, Dylan, how can folks, um, you know, uh, find more out about you? I'm I'm referring to social media. Is there any uh, page you'd like to share with the folks? You have a very nice Instagram page. I just started following you, and I can't wait to uh, dive more into it. Yeah, so uh, my Instagram and my TikTok have the same username, which is at Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N dot R-A-T-Z-L-A-F-F. Dylan Rathbuff. I usually have to spell though because it's not really easy to guess. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I'm very proud I said your name right, at least. So that that is an accomplishment <laughs> on, on, did, on my yeah. end. Well, Dylan, I want to yes. wish you all the best. I certainly hope you will come back again one day. And it has been a true yes. pleasure and delight uh, speaking with such a talented uh, person like yourself. Oh, well, you are so sweet. Thank you so much. This was such a fun interview. And thanks for having me. This is Carrie Mitchum. Hollywood and Beyond podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. See you on another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. Thanks for listening.